Welcome to the Moonshine Jesus Show. We are glad to have you here today. Moonshine Jesus Show is brought to you by ProgressiveChristianity.org. And today we're talking about the Academy Award winner for Best Picture, Coda. Aha! Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I want to remind everybody as they join us here that uh, this will not be a spoiler-free podcast. We Very love important. the spoilers and we go at them hard. So... Uh, that there, there will definitely be uh, spoilers, but yeah, I'm doing great. Stayed up late to hear the announcement of what the mm -hmm. because we made the decision to cover <laughs> the best picture uh, without really probably thinking closely enough about the timing of it, and that we were going to have you know 12 hours or so to find in our schedules the time to actually watch the show, develop opinions about it, and then talk about <laughs> it. But I'm doing it's, okay, all things considered. Especially difficult for you. You're three hours ahead of me. So I still had like the whole night ahead of me. Yeah, it finished time, at twelve thirty ish my time. So I was, uh, I was like, I'm, I'm. Look, I'm, a, I'm. That's well past my, my, my age. I'm it's that's past well your past bedtime, Mark. Way past, way past my bedtime. I was uh -huh. literally every time they would go and do something and it wasn't best picture. I was like, oh come on, man! I just want to go to bed. <laughs> it's coming, right? When's it gonna come? <laughs> so you watched it this morning. Uh, I watched the movie this morning. I just hours ago finished it. So this is all pretty fresh to me, man. Uh, so it'll be interesting to have the discussion for sure. And I'm glad to have a beverage along with it, though. It might might help me out. What are you uh, drinking? For those who have seen the 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 movie Coda, this will make sense to you. At least the name of it will. Uh, my drink is called a grumpy old man. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's a bourbon, ginger ale, and lime juice. Uh, and, and I like it because just like in the show where uh, the character of Frank comes off originally as a grumpy old man, uh, right. after you after you taste it, you realize it's not really all grumpy. There's some fun and happiness and joy in this drink, too. But, you know, it, 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 it sums Frank up for me. How about you? What are you having? <laughs> grumpy old man. I love that. Yeah. Uh, so. I, if you're listening to this later, you won't be able to see it, but today yeah. I'm wearing my Oscar finest. He uh, is looking I, I, dashing and debonair. I just want to say it. If you can't, if you're not seeing us live, he has, he's got his uh, Oscar look on for sure. I do. So since I didn't know what we were going to be talking about today, I didn't mm -hmm. pre-plan a themed ah. cocktail. And so I just went with a more general uh, glass of champagne. It's perfect for the Oscars. Oscars. Yes. And, isn't that great? And how fitting for the Oscars, you know, this is our, our well, this is supposed to be our final Oscar show. We said we're going to do the month, month of March Oscar show, but we'll announce right now that we're going to do one more Oscar show. So we kind of knew that more than likely one or two films was going to win, right? It's going to be Coda or The Power of Dog. It was Coda. Mm -hmm. We've decided, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later, probably, that we're going to do one more show on the Oscars, The Power of Dog, for next week. So be sure you're watching and listening this week to tune in next week. It should be an interesting discussion. So I, I, I approve the champagne, man. I think it's a thank perfect, you. It's a thank classic you. drink. How how do you go wrong with champagne? You can't go wrong with champagne. It's right. great. So you cheers to you. And cheers, cheers to, you, to all of you who are out there listening. Let us know what you're drinking as well. Absolutely. We'll be back with you when we come back from the drop.
today, Caleb, we are talking about Coda, as we've already said. Coda is it is it's a coming of age story. It is a coming of age story about a family of three generations of Fisher people um, from Massachusetts, and uh, the the Coda stands for Child of um, Deaf Adult. Right. And it's the show centers around Coda. The one child is a family of four. There is one child who uh, Ruby, it, it, who is a hearing person in a family who her brother and parents are deaf. And, and this movie was nominated for Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. And it won all three of them. Yeah. Incredible film. Incredible film. And before we move on to talk a little yeah. bit about this, I just want to remind folks, please, uh, if you're watching online right now, live, go ahead and in the the uh, comment sections, put some questions in there. We're going to try to cover anything you ask at the end of our show. I've already seen uh, when you asked about drinks, uh, Ellen Green is letting us know that, that she's enjoying a Ruby. Uh, Campari, <laughs> gin, Ruby red, grapefruit juice, and squeeze of lime. I think I can that, enjoy that great. very much. Yeah, I love that. I love themed cocktail from those who are listening as well. So let us know if you've got absolutely. Themed that was kind of perfect. I I I feel embarrassed that I didn't spot that one. That was, <laughs> that was on the money. It's great. It's it great. Is. So, Caleb, so yeah, coda, and it's it's yeah. also symbolic, right? Because a coda is is used in in music, music. and this this kid it's the beginning who is of the, the end. One, Right, right. Yes, yes. And so she's she is not only the only hearing child in this family of uh, of deaf people, but she also loves music, and yes. it is her way of relating to the world. And a and coming of so age crazy. story, Coda, yeah. new be, you know, beginning. This the beginning yes. of the end of her childhood kind of story. Yeah, um, I'm going to push us a little bit later on some other things that, that might be involved in that. But uh, in general, what did you think? Of, it won Best Picture. Yep, it did. Um, what did you think of that, of it winning? You know, it was a beautiful film. So I hadn't seen it before last night either. And I found myself, I, I'm not like a crier at right. movies. But I was like sobbing. <laughs> I was like, yeah. man, this film is powerful. Yeah. Uh, I, in, I posted, in a way I didn't I, expect. Yeah, I posted that I thought there was way too much crying in the movie. Most of it mine, but still, way too much crying. <laughs> but you crying. know what? It was also hilarious in a way uh, that I didn't it, expect. It, it really was. I, I tell you, this 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 film has me pulling in different directions. For instance, mm -hmm. like you said, this great juxtaposition between happy crying, sad crying, um, of, of joyful laughter and raucous laughter. You know, just yeah, just amazing. But also. And it wins Best Picture, but my problem is like it's so formulaic. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, everything in this is just like, well, there's X problem. Well, we should do Y, and it might work out. Oh, we did Y, and it worked out. Oh, there's, I mean, it's so formulaic that I should, I kind of feel like I shouldn't like it. <laughs> I felt that, but I, I was also like, I was so rooting for them in the in the show. I'm like. Uh, because well, the, the show, you know, it centers around whether or not she's going to go to college or whether she's going to stay and help her family who are, you know, fish for a living. And I thought, 
ah, you know, she's not, maybe she's not going to go. <laughs> I bought into the, I'm like, she's got to go to college. She's got to go sing. <laughs> Are they really you know, going to embrace I mean, that's her? Sort of the, that's a sort of a classic in these kinds of movies. Is I that know. You have this great, great idea of what you're going to do yeah. and how you're going to break out of the small town world yeah. that you're in. Then an obstacle comes out and your heart wins over. And mm -hmm. so Ruby, you know, says, I won't do it. And then the family's like, oh, you got to do it. I mean, it's just so like, like, there's every reason why I should like kind of like this. It's it's uh it's it's like almost like a Disney movie with a little bit of like sexual innuendos, some straight sexual stuff, and and yeah. some cussing. But if you pull those out, it's like oh well, you what do you watch this? You watch it on Disney, right? Because yeah. it's just so sweet and what is perfect. <laughs> okay. it's, somehow it still works. Yeah. Yeah, well, tell me, why do you think it? Why do you think it works, Mark? If it's if it's I'll tell you exactly why I think yeah, it works. Right. I think it works because it has so much authentic heart. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. not produced heart. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think. I mean, the the fact that this one for adapted screenplay, I have questions about because I do think it is a little bit of formulaic writing. Uh, but uh, I, I actually feel like the director who who also wrote this probably yeah. should have won for best director because it was almost a Herculean task to pull off a formulaic um, coming of age story and make it have authentic heart. And part of uh -huh. how I think that happened was um, the mother in this, uh, Jackie Rossi is the character's name, but uh, mm -hmm. Marley Martin, who we've known for a while and has won right. an Oscar already, yeah. insisted that the the uh the the roles of deaf people be played by deaf people yeah and it gave such an authentic heart to that family it was so real when they were together it, there was nothing false about it so I, I feel like that was probably a big part of of why you pulled off this very formulaic film was and it was so sappy at times sappy sappy that yeah. got me like i'm bawling <laughs> i um, know you know, it didn't, what do you think? Too, it didn't take itself too seriously either. Um, I think that's one of the things that was kind of powerful because a lot of these these movies like this, you know, that are Oscar bait, you, yeah. they they take themselves a little too seriously. And this, you know, this showed the deaf community, I think, as uh, real people going yeah. through real situations and we've right. not seen a whole lot of, i mean we have about different communities but not about the deaf community and so that was that was very interesting because i i was no, thinking I about agree. I, I agree and i think yeah. that points back to how authentic the the heart of it felt the family of it uh -huh. felt uh online right now maureen hamilton is uh maureen hamilton's echoing that uh it worked because the characters are so relatable and believable and i think that, that yeah. is very much true uh yeah and the acting, I mean, that let's not get fantastic. away from that. I yeah. mean, for, for years, we've seen uh, deaf roles being given to non-deaf uh, actors and actresses. Um, this and, and part of the argument has always been where they don't have as much experience and they're not, you know, this should shut that argument down forever. These yeah. these these lead characters were astounding. Were yeah, absolutely fantastic. astounding at the role. And I mean, I was I was actually I was kind of like. Whenever I heard that that it won, I knew I was going to have to watch it. I'm like, I, I'm like, well, you know, am I going to have to just sit there and am I going to be reading captions 
Uh, yeah, and, well, and so I was, and so that's kind of the way I went into the movie. Well, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. I actually, actually, I remember during the movie going, this was really mean of them. Like, this is a movie we have to read and I'm crying all the time. How am I supposed to do this? <laughs> but so, but so as soon as it started, I, I'm like, oh, I don't, this is, this yeah. is incredible. It's incredible because, and I, because, it's, it's, and it's fun. It's the way they talk to each other too, you know, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's colorful and fun, and well, you can see the love in the family mm -hmm. and the way that they they're signing to each other, the way that they're talking Absolutely. to each other, and I think that that makes and it's it so real. It's a, like it's a family we all long for, right? Where we're open, yeah. we're honest, we're real. There's no games being played, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I do think that that's part of another reason why for directing this should have have been uh, probably have won for directing in that. Um, it handled that in such a beautiful way. It'd be very easy for this to be a boring movie because you basically have to read most of the lines. Sure. And it gets very hard to jump back and forth. Uh, I love reading and I love movies both. Yeah. I hate reading my movies. It's just me. Um, but <laughs> it's done in such a beautiful way. And you feel like you're learning because you're learning something about the deaf community as it goes on. There's so many beautiful moments that the director pulls you into that world. Yeah. yeah. Um, for instance, there, the, the 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 three times that I cried the hardest, yeah, two of them were completely silent moments. Yes, yeah. The first one, when uh, when when Ruby is with uh uh uh, uh Mr. V, the uh -huh. the the music teacher, right? The music and teacher. Uh, he asks her, "How does she feel when she sings?" And she goes, "I don't know how." And yeah. then she signs. Yeah, how, that was beautiful. It, it yeah. was right, like it, it expressed something that yeah. words could not have done. Like she showed yeah. her knotted up stomach and then she um, she kind of released it. And then she sh pointed to herself and showed herself standing and then showed herself floating away. Yeah. Yeah. And she basically said, I feel free. I feel free. Right, and it was right. So amazingly deep and soulful and yeah. honest, and it was completely yeah. silent. And it gave a better feeling. It gave a better understanding to that feeling than words could describe. Uh, you know, Massive. because that's all we're doing when we're using words to words. We're trying to describe something yeah. that you know is. Yeah. It, that we feel within us, but, but, you know, can't really adequately be described exactly. in words anyway. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was beautiful and it's always this interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. Uh, I think that the whole death and music thing's a little lower done um, yeah. in, in theater and, and in movies yeah. in general, but they, they still hand, they, they navigated these things in these beautiful ways. So when yeah. she's performing on stage and her deaf family is there watching and she starts singing. Yeah. The most powerful the, moment in the film. For, well, and one then of they them. slowly yeah. fade her voice out as the camera yeah. pants back to where the family is sitting, and you're right. watching you everything yeah. through their eyes and yes. hear, not hearing everything through their ears, and it goes to right. silence. And we're watching everyone else react, and we're that, watching that them so powerful. Oh, and we watch them cue each other, like yeah. tapping on the shoulder and pointing yeah. over. Look, there's that yeah. woman, and the tears are coming. Like, yeah. It was so powerful, and it felt like it was such a um, allowance to be brought into their lives and, and yeah. understanding of, of what their experience is. And it wasn't it wasn't a oh this is sad and horrible. This was just a real grounding moment of That's, here's that life. Yeah, 
That's when I lost it. Oh, <laughs> I lost it in that moment because we had heard her sing, you know, so, oh, yeah. and so we knew how breathtaking her voice is because she's that actress. Uh, her voice is breathtaking. And I you know, it's amazing. Movie. She yeah. wasn't a singer before this. She took That's voice incredible. lessons. Because she it, also couldn't sign before this movie. <laughs> I she mean, took I, six months to learn to sing and sign. I just, I just sat there at, through the credits while they were rolling. And I just listened to her voice. I'm like, I wonder if she's got an album. I mean, she's just, she's fantastic. Well, the voice. They, the so final we, credits, the final credits was a song yeah. that was written uh, with the yeah. thought that maybe this could be her release song or something like that. So yeah, because it was um, about the movie. It was about. Yeah, before we go to the drop, though, yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to push a little bit here. Push. I think maybe. We've talked about what the movie is about and, and what we yeah. should should you know what what we should take from it and that it's a coming of age story. I think this is actually a movie of how important it is to face our fears if we want to move on to the next part of our story. Mm. Everybody in this movie is fearful of something. She's fearful of leaving her family and figuring out yeah. who she is. Mom's fearful of what the public will think of her, of, of any kind of negative interaction. So she doesn't have yeah. any friends out there. Dad's fearful of losing his business and what any change to business might do right. to them. Uh, mm -hmm. Her brother is fearful of, of not having enough importance in his family and, and being yeah. pushed to the side. And I mean, we could go on and on. And I think the moment that it really hit me that this is about pushing through fear the in the midst of the about where the big change happens where she really makes that switch and is going to be going off to college yeah she and her new boyfriend are down at the rock quarry yeah on this 40 foot drop off or 70 foot i don't remember now and they yeah. just leap together in the scary right. like into the unknown right. almost void and that's yeah. the moment i realized this is a movie about breaking through fear and mm -hmm. how it takes us to the next, ends each stage of our story, the coda of our story, and moves yeah. us on to the next. What that sounds think? like it has some maybe theopolitical ramifications, Mark. Uh, I think you might be you right. Think? And it, I think you might be right. So why don't we take a quick drop uh -huh. here and come back and, and talk about that? Sounds good. <laughs> Welcome back to the Moonshine Jesus Show, where we are talking about the movie Coda. Uh, if you are just joining us, glad that you are here. So, uh, Mark, right before the drop, you were talking about how this is really a movie about uh, about facing fears and overcoming uh, what's uh, what's holding us back. And uh, it seems that uh, maybe that's something that we have to deal with. Uh, as a country as well. Can you think of anything going on in their world right now that we're having to uh, face fears about and <laughs> try to move through? Is there anything like that going on? Well, I'm not sure that, that that is not exactly what's wrong with all of our politics right now. Whether we're talking about <laughs> immigration, the war, uh -huh. uh, 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 COVID, um, go through the list of all of the, the issues in politics right now. And at least part of what we're having to deal with and why we're seeing some really almost illogical 
responses mm-hmm. is fear, right? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. Fear is fear is one of the I, one of the things that holds us back the most. Uh, being being afraid, the unknown, right? And, and certainly it was for the family in the movie, the the unknown of will uh, what will college be like? What will the Berkeley School of Music be like without uh, without family for the main? Right. Character? She said, I, "I've never known life." outside of my family i mean that was her fear who who am i if i don't have if i'm not the interpreter as much as she rebelled against that yeah you know i've never i've never been a child mom i've never been a child i've always been an interpreter i've always been that's uh, right oh you know but but at the same time there was this fear of who am i if i'm not that if i'm not right right even though and even though she embraced that and you know her mom asked her at one point what why she sang, you know, she said, would you, would you be a painter if, if, I, I, if I was blind? Yeah. Oh my God. Was, right. Which is, but she said, why, why do you sing? And, she but said, you know, that was out of mom's fears too. Fear it was, it absolutely was. It fear absolutely her was her. Yes, that's right. That's right. Her, uh, her mom was in even social things like being afraid of how to interact with other uh, wives of the, of the mm-hmm. men who were going out to fish. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was all about fear, but um uh, but she all, but you know, Ruby's response to that was, uh, she's singing is life. I love to sing, right? It is, it is what life's about for me, uh, which, which was powerful. And so, yes, absolutely. Fear is, uh, uh, fear is, is at the heart of all of this. You know, the dad too, um, whenever the parents were talking about whether or not Ruby was going to be able to go to go away, he said, uh, you know, the mom said, it's my baby. She's my baby. And the dad said, she's never been a baby. Right. And right, that's tied into her identity with the family. It is. That she, she didn't, or she never really had the opportunity to be a child. She right. never really had the opportunity to not be serving that role for the family. Yeah. And even, uh, you know, even the one time she does something that's like a teenage appropriate thing to do where she goes and she has that that runaway with her boyfriend and right. it the family you know ends up losing the business because up ended. yeah 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 which yeah. I, I think that's a great segue into another thing about this movie yeah. that i did not like um yeah, this felt like a, a very anti-regulation uh pro-capitalist unregulated capitalistic kind of like at the mm. very least it felt libertarian I might say that it was more like unregulated capitalistic kind of rhetoric that was going on as a, a part of the story of what they were. That's interesting. They were they were like against anything that didn't give them unregulated. Yeah, you know, I didn't make that connection. I was I was too focused on the <laughs> I was too focused on what was going to happen uh, <laughs> to Ruby going to school. But that's that's a really interesting point because the, uh, you know, as they're trying to figure out how how they're going to make ends meet as a, a family, it right. is very much portrayed as um, an impediment to them being able to make ends meet and having that government regulation even though it was even though they kind of showed as they didn't have anyone on the boat who could right. hear that it was an impediment for them right. not to have that that it was dangerous right uh, but, and, i mean i think there was a lot of opportunities for uh talking about like a a a, a well-regulated and compassionate mm-hmm. regulations as well sure. because 
the $800 a day that they were charging them, well, they were barely making $800 a day. So that was a big issue. Like, that's yeah. not okay. That's not okay. But at the same time, that exact government is part of what uh, has provided um, regulations that help folks who are hearing impaired, that help people who mm -hmm. have other, um, I, I hate using disabilities, uh, different abilities, which seem, seems yeah. way too like woke language. Um, but the very government that helps their family in other ways, they ended up fighting against. And I think there was an opportunity to have more discussion. And I think that's one of the faults of this movie is that it was all uh, happy sunshine. Ultimately, we only talked about problem. You need X. Here's X problem. You need, and you didn't get into the grittiness of how do we struggle with this government that's coming in and we get that they help us in some ways, but this is going to hurt. Is there, right. is there, you know, it was always just negative, negative, negative about any kind of government, government, government being there and regulations that might make things safer and better ultimately. That's true. That's a good point that it, it is, uh, primarily portrayed negatively and we don't talk about all of the the services that the government provides what whereas at the same time um you know that people who have physical and mental uh disabilities who are, or who are uh physically differently abled or or mentally dis differently abled still tend to be one of the most overlooked groups in our society and oh, even at church or maybe especially at church that even as you know places that are supposed to be um thinking compassionately yeah. about folks who are living on the margins uh that I think that even when we're giving the list, you know, of, of ways that we're trying to make the world better, you know, we're trying to be anti-racist, we're trying to be open to LGBTQ plus folks and all of those, that one of the groups that is often left aside are like those who are physically differently abled or those who are mentally differently abled. Right. And they're, they're often, you know, completely overlooked. And so that I, I do appreciate that the, the movie helps us to think about that in right. uh, a way. And it was at least a conviction to me to say, yeah, you know, we could do a better job, I think, of um, of, of being not only welcoming, but to, to be affirming of folks who are who have these kinds of uh, abilities. And, and and so I thought that was that was kind of powerful. Uh, they tend to be, you know, one of the most unlooked, overlooked groups. So yeah, you know, I also appreciated Mark the the real power of um, of family that we see in the mm -hmm. film and of community, and that was theological for me. Did that resonate oh, with you at all? Oh, it, it absolutely did, and I, I really do think that that is the main power of of this movie um, mm -hmm. was that core family, the the Rossi family. Um, mm -hmm. They were so tightly knit, and and it wasn't just because it'd be easy to be dismissive of it and say, well, of course they were tightly knit. They were the only deaf family in the community, and they needed the daughter to be able to do anything. That would be the very easy way to dismiss it. But when you look at how they interacted, when you looked at how real and honest and accepting they were of each other, like even in the moments where she, where, where where Ruby was getting embarrassed. Um, dad would turn it around with this raunchy joke uh and, and she couldn't stay mad because they had this really authentic real like it was like, yeah. I, I think it's why a big part of why it worked was that we all want to be that in that family uh we want to yeah. be in the family that's just this ridiculously honest but also re 
ridiculously fiercely protective of each other. Um, I, I felt like that was that's why you got a movie that should not have worked to be an amazing movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we think? even hear it articulated in the in the film, right? Because uh the the guy who becomes her boyfriend, uh, the Ruby's boyfriend. Oh yeah. He talks about seeing her when she was a child, interpreting for the family. At like she's three like, years yeah, old we were... or something. It was like a crazy young age. Yeah, very young. And he and she's like, yeah, well, we were hard to miss. You know, she's articulating that right. like she knows they stand out, and uh, yeah. and she's embarrassed about that. He, and he said, you were ordering beers for your dad. And I thought you were the coolest person I'd ever seen. <laughs> and so, and and so, it it also complicates the notion of like what fam what family is, right? Because yeah. from her perspective, he had a perfect family, and uh, and it wasn't. Is you know, it's I mean, he even told her you have a perfect family, and right, and for him, from his perspective, she had the perfect family, and so I I, I thought that it was powerful in that way too. That you Agreed. know that sometimes the the way that we think things ought to work uh, aren't the way things work and that uh, and that there's power in thinking about what it is that we have yeah so with that mark uh, there's a lot going on in this movie I I appreciate it recognize the that you know while it's formulaic that it bring some attention to some important issues absolutely let's come back after the drop and if you all have questions go ahead and put those in the comment section we're gonna look at some of those questions right when we get back from the drop <laughs> to the moonshine jesus show you got it you got it we are entering into our question and answer segment and this is the place where we answer your questions and if you don't ask questions we're going to answer our own questions but this time around we're going to do both we might run a little bit long on the show today but i think it's worth it uh we've got yeah. questions out there that i'd like us to address caleb but i'd also like to give us the opportunity yeah. just because this is such an interesting movie yeah. i think that there's things that we can address um yeah. so I'm going to um, ask you the first question from one of our readers, one of our viewers, one of our listeners, uh, and then uh, I'll give you the opportunity to do the same for me. Ready for that? All right. Good. Sounds okay, good. Okay. I think this is a great question, actually, and it kind of it, it was in the back of my mind the whole time. Uh, Maureen Hamilton, we mentioned earlier, asked the question, why do you think the boyfriend choked on the audition? Yeah. Great question. And it is a fantastic I, question. It was in I the back of my head the whole time. It's good to hear from you, Maureen. So uh, Maureen's at a church that I served in seminary. And so it's fun to see your, your cool. name pop up here, Maureen. Uh, you know, I, I think Ruby gave him a lot of courage. And there was something about singing to her in the midst of that that helped him to kind of come out of his shell. Mm. And, Ru and, you know, I think Ruby was singing for a different reason. She was singing because she loved to sing. And so when I first saw her sign up for choir, 
I thought she's signing up for the choir because he's in the choir. But she, she was. But she was. And, I mean, that I remember that scene going, yes, this is yes. like a really badly written sitcom. Come on. Like, that's <laughs> why she's signing up. But but then she it changes. But, I, I mean, I think that I think they show it like that, but I think she really was wanting to go because, okay, she, because okay. she wanted to sing. Uh, and you so feel I, better, you can do that. <laughs> I think she was. I, I think she's being true to herself. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I think, think right. I think he was being there in part because he was he wanted to do something to rebel against his parents. I don't think she was trying to rebel. Well, against I mean, her being there was for his parents, yeah. and I think that's why he choked. He wasn't Did doing you? it for himself. Yeah, I mean, he said earlier that all of this. Yes, the dad wanted him to play the cello, not the guitar. Right. Well, and yeah. also he said the whole music thing in general was for his parents because that's True. what they want. Fair enough. And Fair I feel like he yeah. wasn't there. He was he was there for his parents. It, it, it was actually, that's why I think this is a beautiful question. He was there for his parents and it would have been very easy uh, for him to do everything right. And she had done everything in her life for her parents and was doing something yeah. for herself. And, and again, I think this is that whole coming of age breakthrough. Yeah. What am I going to be when I'm not with my family? She was doing it for herself for the first time in her life in some yeah. ways, at least in something major. And yeah. he was always doing everything for his parents. And I think that's why he choked. Is that? Yeah, I think that's that's a good point. And, uh, you know, Maureen articulates this as well. She says, did he really want to go or was he just doing what he was expected to do? Yeah, and yeah. I I think that's uh, a good point. And I think she had to give up a lot. There was a lot of personal cost to, sure. to go and do this. Yeah. And she had to she had to figure it out. OK, right, so Taylor, shoot. What's the question towards me? Well, uh, let me come back no, from, to from, from one of our, our, our from uh, one of our reader, from yeah. one of the folks who are watching. Yeah. So, um, so um, Ellen Green has said, um, "Is there a way that we can help at church? Can you think of ways that uh, churches can be more, uh, more welcoming and affirming to to folks, maybe specifically with hearing disabilities?" Yeah, I mean, if a if a person with a hearing disability showed up to my church today, it would be a problem. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it just shows that we we don't pay enough attention, um, and, and and that does call attention to what do small churches? Because I'm at a very small church, right? Uh, with without any kind of uh, real deep resources, we can't have someone standing by to be an ASL interpreter. Yeah, um, and so that's a very difficult question, particularly when it comes to th th those who. Uh, have have uh, uh, hearing loss or 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 or, or deaf, um, yeah. but I think it's something we should be considering more. We should be able to be ready to have uh, you know that there are real time uh, uh, CC uh, machines now where you can uh, yeah. have something loosely put on a screen what you're saying immediately, and that is at this point the investment to do something like that is so low. Um, it doesn't cost much at all, particularly since most of us have screens sitting around that aren't being used. It wouldn't be that hard to do something like that. But I think though, for the, for all communities who have, who are challenged in terms of, uh, of, of, of abilities or disabilities, mm -hmm. we can all do a better job. We need, we need to almost like bring in a group of folks. Honestly, yeah. I think yeah. every church should do this. Start at the, your front door and pick a disability and walk through your church yeah. and consider 
how would it be if this was the issue? Yeah. What can we be doing? Yeah. Um, and you might not be able to fix it all at once. We've let this right. go on for far too long in all of our churches. We're not yeah. going to be able to fix it with it. I mean, some churches are big enough that they have the money and if they were willing to do sure. it, they fix it. Right. But recognize that 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 it can be a slow process, but it's an important process that we all need to be doing. Walk through your church, figure out what could be changed and start working on teams that could develop new ways of making things more accessible uh, physically, mentally, uh, audibly in, in all of those ways. I mean, yeah. what, what yeah. are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, the church buildings are also a challenge. I, I think you're right in terms of hearing, you know, that even if you're talking about like live streaming on Facebook, that a lot of the captions are generated automatically. And that's one way that that can, that can be more accessible. Our, our buildings, I think, are something that can be a blessing or an impediment to right. uh, when we're talking about people who are, you know, face who are physically differently abled. And, uh, you know, I think thinking about how our yeah. uh, buildings can be can be more accessible, even if they're older buildings that don't have, you know, ramps and things, right. I think is important, too. So, Mark, I've got another question for you. Uh, okay. I, I want to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break the rhythm. I'm going to ask you two questions in a row. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, that, okay. <laughs> go Go for it. So I, I just I, I want to talk about this since it happened at the Oscars last night. So I, got um, I know where you're going with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna. Wait, wait, uh, I should pour another. I'm gonna do my best to tie it to the movie Coda because I should. I, I should. Uh, the movie Coda. But, I feel like but I, should, I, I should. I feel like I should queue up another drink real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Let me talk long enough for you. You go ahead. Pour another quick man there. Go ahead. I'll be listening as I set this back up. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we saw the slap heard around the world last night. And, yeah, uh, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock after Chris Rock made a joke uh, at the expense of. I think the, we should put joke in quote marks. Yes. Quote, uh, quote unquote joke. He attempted uh, to make a joke. He attempted to make a joke about her, her hair and uh, um, said. Which was, which, which is. A result of a disease, which is the result of a disease, right? Um, and uh, he said, "You know, I look forward to seeing you in GI Jane too." And Will Smith proceeded to walk up on stage and slap Chris Rock, and they had a verbal exchange. What do you think was going on with that, uh, Mark? Yeah. And do you think that relates to anything that we see in the movie? And well, I want I want to start yeah. with it relating to Coda. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So in it, for whatever reason, and, and I know I'm going to get lots of hate mail because I've posted a few times about this and gotten some negative feedback. I've got That's why I asked you, Mark. Instead, of <laughs> you're a very wise man. I've always known you're a very wise man. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, here's the thing. Yeah. After that happened, one, the Academy of uh, Arts and Sciences, whatever, I'm blanking on their names now, uh, allowed him to stay in the building where he just attacked somebody. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying, I mean, and this is the weird part as I'm saying all this, I'm a Will Smith fan. I am not a Chris Rock fan. Uh, yeah. I don't like the way he acts. Same. Same. I, I don't yeah. like the way he acts. I don't really care for his humor. It's okay. I don't love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Will Smith would probably be a better stand up comedian, frankly. I shouldn't yeah. have said that. I Did I say that? I should not have said that. Um, <laughs> so um, I can't believe they allowed him to stay, stay yeah. center, front, front and center. Yeah. And I can't believe they then gave him an award and allowed him to give a speech. That said, his speech, 
Yeah. I'm interested in your thoughts on the speech. So there's two parts of it that I'd like to focus on in terms of how this relates to CODA in that, well, one, in, it relates to CODA and, and other uh, in terms of what happened. Um, he said that basically in very loose interpretation, I'm protecting my family. My family has some disability stuff going on here. And someone was, was being mean and cruel and saying stuff that they had no business saying, and I was protecting them. Um, well, it does relate to CODA in that we have a family that has uh, what can be seen as a disability. Again, I hate that word. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and different abil ability is not anything I really right. prefer either. But um, we see in the movie a very different way of handling when people are being mean and cruel towards that. Mm -hmm. uh, in the movie, we have a family that bonds together and just keeps improving themselves and uh, even ignoring the folks, which part of my issue with this simplistic perspective of the movie but uh but still that they choose to do non-violent ways of dealing with that and 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 what we saw with will smith was a very aggressive violent yeah. almost i call it toxic masculinity uh, approach to it um and and it was more about him defending his own masculinity than it was anything else in my book um, yeah. a, a good friend of mine makes a great point that that uh, uh, black women in America need to be defended, and I don't disagree with that. Uh, that's a really cogent point. I'm not sure that was the best or most appropriate or most effective way of doing it. I mean, what do you think of that? Yeah, I also know that black hair and protect and particularly black women's hair is right. a, a very can be very empowering and a very sensitive kind of subject. And, I, and Chris I Rock had to know that. And yes, Ain't I no think doubt. He's, been, he's been involved in projects on black hair, I yep. think. So the, the, the fact that he called uh, the fact that he made that joke was extremely inappropriate. They agreed extremely, but not as inappropriate. I don't think as, as no. Will Smith walking up on stage and smacking Chris well, Rock. If he, if he had drawn attention to it, I mean, granted, he didn't know if he was going to win, but I mean, right. he's got a public platform, right? right. I, he could have drawn attention to it at any time right. to talk to talk about how inappropriate it was. It would have brought attention to his wife and disease. The other, the other problem I kind of had as I was watching is he started, he kind of started laughing. And, and I mean, maybe we've all been there with partners, but he kind of started laughing. They looked over at, at Jada and uh, she gave him a look. Laughing. Yeah, and he's like, he oh, just not laughing. She looked at him like, uh -uh. do something yeah do something and, and so, she I mean, was right he should not have been laughing at that he should not have been but then it felt but like it was an overcompensation for yep. the laughing uh and the, and the, i didn't the, think that was part that, of what was doing yeah the, and he he walked walks right on up there here's then, the bottom line the bottom yeah. line for me is we we can the, and there's yeah. amazing arguments on both sides and people with yeah. great perspectives there's not i don't know that there's sure. a complete right and wrong bottom line is while they both should be illegal yeah. acts, only one of them is currently an illegal act. Will Smith walking up and hitting him. Yeah, he battered him. Yeah, that 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 is illegal. That that is a crime. It is. Yeah. Um, I cannot believe that the Academy Awards allowed that to just kind of pass by. And not only that, he was surrounded by people throughout the rest of the evening that. 
that were kind of hugging him and supporting him and 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 showing yeah. him. And and honestly, our last show was on Summer of Love, and I'm just going to admit, part of it just destroyed me because this was Questlove's moment, a moment he deserved deeply. Uh, another great directorial. Uh, this was yeah. Coda was not uh, the director's directorial uh, 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 first directorial. Yeah, yeah, but was an amazing one. I think that, that she probably should have won for it. Quest Love, I was 100% sure he needed to win for this. This was his moment. And, and, and it's just a shame that it got interrupted by something that was based in toxic masculinity rather than in something that supports the whole community. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, we didn't touch any on much on Will Smith's speech, but as he's talking about a vessel of love, uh, that was the second part love, that I didn't get to. That was the second part. When he's After out, he's I just slapped somebody <laughs> across the face. How do you uh, take that seriously? Yeah, yeah. This didn't. So listen, didn't listen. We can go on and yeah. on about okay. talking yeah. masculinity and all this, but all here's right. the opportunity. Here's the real yes. opportunity. Okay. I, I neither. I don't think you have seen the power of dog. I know I haven't seen the power. I of haven't. Dog. Yep. I've but I've read enough to know that there are some at least uh, opportunities to talk about toxic masculinity in it. Okay. And so okay. Yeah. We mentioned at the top of the show that we were thinking about doing The Power of Dog. I think uh, what happened at the Oscars is all the reason more why we should add one more week uh, to to what we're doing in terms Talking of Oscar programs. Yeah. And so we'll do The Power of Dog. So everybody think about that. What, watch it yourself. Watch it. See what questions yeah. you might have so you can tune in live. Or even beforehand, if you can't make it live, send messages to me or Caleb privately or on the Moonshine Jesus uh, webpage, please do that. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, hey, Caleb, I, it was a blast having a discussion on this, and thank you, yeah. thank you for honoring me by dressing up because I, you know, so, this so is few people, you, Mark. so yes. few people realize that in my presence they really should be like a little spiffier. Uh, I, I realized it. I'm like, I'm going to be with Mark Cameron <laughs> today. Yeah, I better me, put on me, a tuck. me, the guy who wears the same. Like, I got the, <laughs> I got twelve of the same outfits that I wear all the time. But uh, the, I, I can't critique anybody on, 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 on their attire. You look fantastic, man. I really have enjoyed this conversation so much. Uh, Great to talk to you. Cheers to you, and I look cheers. forward to next week. Thanks for everybody. Glad y'all showed up. Can't wait to see you all next week on the moonshine jesus, jesus show. show i love that we can't ever do that together we, we keep trying That's to get it be together i think Next it needs time. to be our thing all right we're out good to see you all bye moonshine jesus bye